0: Hey, we're back with the Not Dead Yet podcast. I'm John Mason Briggs. I'm here with Tim Ward. Tim, how are you doing today? JP, what's going on? Not too much. Did you watch the end of the World Series last night? Uh, kind of. Kind of. It's about of. like
1: me. I turned it off. I went to bed about 10, and I think it was the seventh or eighth inning, and they were up 7 0. I was like, I think it's a pretty clear indication that the Braves are going to win their first World Series since 1995. And I, I doubt many people outside of Houston wanted Houston anyway. I think we talked about that a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah, but the uh, Braves manager almost did the the Joe Madden school of managing where he takes out a pitcher who's been dominating, pitched seventy four pitches, and takes him out in like the sixth inning or what was it, the end of the sixth.
1: Yeah, they but they showed us worked. They showed a stat, I want to say around the fifth inning, uh, the Atlanta pitcher is at max Freed, fried, whatever Mm -hmm. you pronounce his last name. They showed a stat that over the last 10 years in the playoffs, this year, only 60% of pitchers pitched less than five innings. Mm -hmm. Starting pitchers pitched less than five innings. It tells you a lot about baseball. It's
0: the new age. Uh, They also put up a stat when the last time the Braves won, Tom Glavin pitched, uh, what was it, eight innings. innings?
1: It wasn't. Yeah, I knew it was, it like was a eight lot.
0: Eight innings, a shutout ball, pitched like 129 pitches. <laughs> They're never going to do that anymore.
1: His arm you fell know. off the next morning.
0: Yeah, it but was nice won. to see him. So, Tim, it's just you and I jabbering today about uh, you know yeah. what we've been up to, where, you know where we're at with the podcast. We've had some good guests on the last few weeks, and we have a couple scheduled uh, coming up here quickly. Uh, one is going to be the phcc instructor of the year tony bertolino yes and uh, he's going to join us friday which will be on next week's podcast so it'll be interesting he's all about uh promoting the trades and getting skilled workers in the trades and he's an instructor he, he you know his day job is plumbing and heating and his uh you know his secondary job which he goes straight to what four or five days a week he um you know right. he teaches at the local yeah. school there so he's, he's pretty busy guy I'm looking forward to that. I, you know, having won the
1: PHC Trainer of the Year award, I mean, you've got to be a pretty stout trainer to do that. There's a lot of good trainers out there, so I'm um, looking forward to that. I know we've got a couple more Niagara Sports Hubs in November and December. We've got an interview with uh, uh Niagara's Carl Weimer. So, um, a couple other things that we're working on, hoping. The holidays will be off for a couple of weeks with the holidays, I believe. But other than that, I think we're uh, starting to round out the end of the year, and it's been a pretty crazy year, wouldn't you agree, John?
0: Yeah, for sure. Traveling has opened back up for the both of us. You know, we firsthand a few weeks ago. I was in Baltimore for a Dewalt event. Uh, they introduced this Power Stack battery platform, which is much smaller and supposed to pull more power from the from the, the tools. So that was a a cool one day event and they treated you like royalty which was I'm just overwhelmed by that. And then uh, the following week I was in Kansas City for the PHCC show which was good to see uh people back in person and connecting and smiling faces and uh yeah it was it was good. The last day of the show I was uh asked to moderate a round table of industry bigwigs so it was Kohler, Milwaukee Tool, Ream and Bradford White. And so we we talked about uh four pretty major topics in the industry and uh supply chain issues and technology to regulations to um skilled trades and uh, it was a really it was a good information filled uh one hour, one hour of uh these people talking back and forth and Good interaction from the from the crowd with some questions at the end. So it was it was a good event. Yeah, that whole week
1: event. that you were gone between Baltimore and Kansas City, there were a couple events in Las Vegas. I was at one of them, the National Hardware Show. Not a big show for our industry, but there's enough manufacturers there that make it worthwhile. And it was kind of divide and conquer between John and I because they had rescheduled some trade shows. So there were some overlap. Staff was back to back with those as well. Um, of course, Eric was traveling overseas, um, so for us it was a lot of about ten days of a lot of hectic running around all over the U.S. But um, yeah, it's good to be back on airplanes, even if uh, you're all masked up, which I I'm kind of glad. But you know, glad to be back on the road. Hoping that uh, we've got a couple more road trips left on left in us this year. Possibly uh, there might be an opportunity with a manufacturer. Uh, around the corner Um, and if that comes to fruition that'll be that'll be nice to add into our early December calendar and then you and Eric have a trip out east for a little bit as well for a couple of days for a video shoot and then Mm -hmm. the three of us are going to try to get together at some point Uh, may have to uh, back end it or front load it to one of the trips but we'll see I'm crazy year that's been a very good year regardless Um, I'm Glad to be back traveling and looking forward to 2022 and all the uh, things that it brings.
0: So when I was in Baltimore, Tim, uh, great event. Great event. uh, After the event was over, we went out to dinner and they had uh, great food and great camaraderie. And glad to meet up with some of these, I know they hate to be called social influencers or content creators, but uh, it was a good time. But uh, I noticed on the menu, they didn't really have, it was a limited menu. Yeah. based on the size of the of the people eating there the number not the how big they were but uh, <laughs> so uh i noticed that on the menu that they they didn't have crab which you know baltimore is famous for crab and and uh, you know you're on the inner harbor and i asked the person next to me i said well, you know wh- why there's no crab on the menu and she goes oh we're experiencing a crab shortage tim a crab shortage and i said really like in the whole atlantic ocean i mean they just ran out of crabs ran out of crabs. And uh, then she kind of clarified her statement and said, well, it's not the crabs. It's the distribution and it's the, it's the workers and the labor involved. And it kind of encapsulated like what everyone's going through in this, in this crazy supply chain, you know, fuckery that's going on. And, you know, we've talked about it a lot. We've had people on the podcast and there's some legit answers. I think some of it is, is just, I was just talking to a friend of mine last night about this, and it's COVID has created a lot of it, and COVID has created a lot of excuses. In, I, in co- in I agree with you on the excuses. and it has emboldened people to become lazier. I'm just that's my opinion. I'm not talking about the trades people because throughout the whole you know pandemic, they were in people's houses, they were working. You ask mm-hmm. most of these guys, and they're busy, but it just seems like we're you know, <laughs> lumber shortage because they don't have drivers or, you know, the crab shortage because they don't have workers. And it just, it seems crazy to be.
1: Yeah. Where's Dane Hanson when you need him on a podcast? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny you say that because um my wife who flies in and out of Maine for her job from Illinois uh, for the company she works for, their headquartered in Maine. So she flies back and forth to Maine. She's not done it much over the last year and a half, but part of that, But she was up on that. She was up there not too long ago, and she was talking about the same issues with what you experienced in Maryland with crab. They experienced up there with lobster, and I'm just like, suddenly there's less lobster. No, Mm -hmm. just less distribution, more expensive because higher labor, higher gas. I mean, all the issues that go into it. But locally at home, over the last couple of weeks, we've had a couple pretty big restaurants in our in my hometown close. They don't maybe not forever, but they have closed because of lack of staffing, uh shortage of supplies, getting uh specific products in that they're known for, be it steaks or seafood. So it's hitting home and I at some point I I don't know what's going to change it. Is it just going to be once the economy is back up and running as smoothly as people want it to be after COVID is in the rearview mirror that people will be uh, looking for jobs again, and you know those jobs that are paying fifteen dollars an hour, twelve to fifteen dollars an hour, they're they're going to jump on again because they no longer have some of the resources that they had during COVID with you know payments and stuff like that. I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. the economist. I just it's certainly not fun to go out to eat at the restaurants that you want to go out to eat or the crab you want to eat or the lobster you want to eat or whatever it might be.
0: Well, it's interesting uh, during the PHCC show in kansas city they had a keynote speaker he asked the crowd to concentrate on one word that you could build around for let's say the rest of the year and you know positivity was one let's be positive and then he just asked people in the audience what's one word and people are like perseverance and patience because these are contractors and this is what they're going through yeah um as far as the supply chain and during my uh, Roundtable event, I did ask the panel about this, you know, we heard about patience and perseverance and, and I think they all mentioned that, you know, we're going to be in this for about 12 to 18 months. Yeah, We're still going to be dealing with this next year and, and trying to catch up and we'll, we'll come out of it, but it's going to take a while. And so I think the biggest key factor from the panel was just Be communicative, communicate with your, your wholesalers communicate with, you know, if it's manufacturers communicate with your, with your clients, because uh, at this point, you know, contractors, you know, they, they base their, their sales and their, and their service based on price. And maybe they got to switch and, you know, talk about the value that they, that they will have, you know you know, I don't necessarily think you want to be the cheapest contractor in in the, in your area, but you want to be the best. So you got to sell based on that. And with prices still going up, I think it would be advantageous to, to you know, sell based on the value that you would bring to a, a homeowner and, and, and the reputation that you bring as well and the experience.
1: Yeah, I, I concur with that. In fact, you know, the three of us, you, Eric and I have talked about his shop that he's putting up. He told us earlier this week that you know he's been pushing to get his shop finished and then come to find out the loading doors aren't going to be available until early mm-hmm. next spring. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the work that he wanted to do inside the shop now is going to have to be curtailed because you know, he lives in Minnesota. It's awfully cold in January in Minnesota and without shop doors, you're not able to do a whole lot. My wife and I are doing some work in our house. We had a contractor over last night to do some bids. And um, he was like, well, we've got some supply issues. I can get you this product or that product. This product's a little bit more. I don't really like this product, but it is available. And, you know, we're talking about some of the issues with just something we're doing at our home. So yeah, our audience members that are contractors are going to have to look at lots of different ways to sell their products and services over the next 12 to 18 months.
0: And, you know, I I was talking to uh, a good friend of mine, Mark Perrone. He's the purchasing manager of a Company, big ma- mechanical contractor in the Boston can, area. Can, J. can can you do a Mark prone imitation real quick? I can't because he'll get mad at me. But uh, J.C. Canastreiro out in uh, the Boston area, and I call him up. and He says, "Hey Johnny, it's Mark. This is what I got to tell." No. So anyway, he was saying that you know some of his jobs he bids out for products are you know he's, he has to wait four four to six weeks or maybe he said eight weeks. I mean. How do you even plan a job when you're still waiting on product? That's just crazy. But it's the times that we live in. And like I said, it's, it's patience, perseverance, communicate with you, the people around yep. you and the people that are you know supplying these, these things. So it, it'll come back. It's just going to take a while.
1: Yeah. We're, I mean, all things considered, the last 18 months, we've had an industry that's remained strong. We see the value in those of us that work in the industry. I know you and I, John, aren't turning wrenches at the same time. We all, we all do our bit, and we hope that what we do with our websites and our newsletters and our videos and our social media and our damn podcast, we hope it brings some enjoyment to the contractors out there as they're going from job site to job site. Um, so now it's, it's been a crazy 18 months, but hopefully we'll be around the corner pretty soon. And at the end of the day, we've, we've all made it through this 18 months um, pretty well.
0: Yeah, I've seen some of the, the surveys out there and some of the news releases, and they say that you know the contractors are doing pretty well for themselves, um, regardless of the pandemic. Well, it's actually, think about
1: some of the manufacturing, maybe. some of the manufacturers out yeah. there making extreme profits over the last six, eight months.
0: It's funny. Uh, we had Adam Sperry from Completely Cordless on a couple of weeks ago, and I just saw a release that um, electricians are going to be in dire need. Well, obviously, the, any of the skilled trades are in dire need right now. But electricians were one of the things I saw that that's going to have a big hole in the uh, employment rate for for electricians coming down the pike here. As
1: you said, it's it's really all the trades. We're interviewing Tony on Friday for next week's podcast. I'm I'm curious what he's seeing from the training side, how the numbers are in his neck of the woods, because he's he's in the Virginia coastal area. So yeah. curious to see what he hear what he says. What else you got going on, Johnny?
0: Actually, before we jumped on, I was transcribing an interview I did with Marco Caleffi. Uh, I was at the last minute unable to go to that uh, event in Italy. So Eric was over there. So we set up a Zoom call and I conducted the interview and Hot Rod Roar and Eric were uh, present. I conducted this interview with Marco. And so I'm Transcribing it, and we're going to have a nice story on the site, and Kalefi will be able to share that. So, still working on it. You know, it was an hour and ten minute interview, so it's going to take some time to dissect. And with a little bit of the uh, lost in translation feel, you know, the with the accent. Um, but we'll get it, we'll get it done. Were you Bill Murray or Scarlett Johansson? <laughs> um, probably Scarlett Johansson, because I got bigger boobs, I think. So. Real quick, uh, you, you know, you went to Las Vegas. You were at the hardware show, and you were on a panel with. What was the subject? It was uh, social media. Can you kind of glean anything that you learned or that you spoke about at that show? Well, our my big
1: two and a half minutes, three minutes was talking about how we connect our our platforms, mechanical hub, plumbing perspective, hydronics hub, our websites, and our social media with some of our pro staff team members, and how we make those connections with contractors in our field. So as some of you may know, we've got a pro staff team, which is a, a portfolio or a laundry list of contractors across the United States that we work with on projects, case studies, where we connect manufacturers with those pro staff team members. And I talked a little bit about that. Obviously, like you, John, we were pigeonholed on a mid, mid-Friday mid afternoon uh, Mid Friday afternoon in Vegas may not be the most appropriate time to have a a, a seminar, but that being said, yeah. still had a hand. You know, had about forty people in the audience, and you know, got some good questions from people asking about you know how we find our contractors. Um, a lot of them is through connections we have through industry or organizations or through either you, Eric, or I through social media or connections we've made. In our many years in the industry, so I enjoy doing that. I enjoy doing those kind of things. Um, so, and if you're a contractor who is interested in being a pro staff team member or inquiring about being a pro staff team member, reach out to us. We uh, we're always looking to add new pro staff team members to focus on a lot of the different uh, industry sectors and uh, geographical regions in the country. Cool beans, Tim, as you would say. Cool beans. Cool beans. What you got going? I know we just had ho- Halloween. We've, we're starting to get into some holidays here in November and Veterans Day and we've got Thanksgiving and Christmas right around the corner. You've got a bunch of traveling coming up for family stuff beyond this idea of you know, stuff we talked about earlier with possible work travel.
0: Yeah, you know, the other day, you know, the kids, uh, real quick, they have to get to the bus by 7.05 in the morning, and I came down when they were leaving, (laughs) and it was pitch black outside. Have we turned the clocks back yet? I don't think we have, have we? No, we fall back this weekend. I was like, holy crap, it's dark outside, and it's cold, and uh, I guess that's good for, you know, the plumbing and heating guys for no heat calls and, and, you know, broken pipes and all that good stuff, so...
1: Yeah, wow. I was in Lexington, Kentucky a couple weekends ago with a couple friends for a, a Friday of bourbon tasting and a Saturday of horse racing at Keeneland Racetrack. And what I hadn't, I hadn't been in that neck of the woods at that time of year in quite some time. And I, I would tell you, Lexington, Kentucky on early mornings in the fall is dark until about 8.15, 8.30 in the morning because it's so far on the western side of the eastern time zone. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was just odd, but yeah, I'm ready to fall back an hour. So we get, gain some light earlier in the day because it's, it's hard to get out of bed at six o'clock in the morning when it's still dark out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, I think we might look into a trip to, uh, Colorado the weekend before Thanksgiving. I'm just still looking into that. So that might be a quick trip to Breckenridge area, maybe tubing, teach the kids how to ski. People ski anymore? I don't know. Do they?
1: I'm not a skier. My wife is an avid skier. I stay. I'm not. A, I like to be at the bottom of the hill with a hot toddy in my hand.
0: Well, I think the last time I skied was in Cascade Mountain up in Wisconsin, Tim. The last and time I And I think skied? I fell down every time I went down the hill. And then we reconvened, I don't know, at the hill or whatever. And we had flasks of whatever the mixture was. And after that, I never fell down. I skied a couple times in Colorado in college. I went to school in Kansas, so we would go
1: for spring break to Colorado. And I skied a couple times. Just I'm not – it just doesn't do a whole lot for me because my thought is I want to go really fast. And if you go really fast, somehow you've got to stop. And the only way to stop for me is to either fall or hit a tree. And I'd rather fall than hit a tree.
0: That's right. That's how I broke my thumb, my first broken bone. (laughs) You've told me the story. Yeah, going down that last hill, and it was – Heading straight for a tree or just wipe out? And I chose to wipe out and and broke my thumb.
1: Well, I'll be heading out east with uh, my wife to see some in-laws and our daughter that lives out in Richmond, uh, Virginia, for the Thanksgiving weekend. I'll still be working. I'll just be working remotely from Richmond like I do every Thanksgiving week of Thanksgiving. Uh, What else? Uh, AHR coming up quickly. Then you've got the Builder Show, World of Concrete. And boom, boom, boom. First uh, six weeks of 2022. So Vegas, Orlando, Vegas
0: trips. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, back in person is, is the way to do it. You know, I went to this event recently and I got an email that said somebody had tested positive at the event. And I'm like, well, I mean, is it really that surprising when you have people together that someone might get it? I've been Um, getting
1: tested two or three days before I head to an event and usually about four or five days after I get home just to make sure. When I was in Vegas for the hardware show just a couple of weeks ago, they it's masked up everywhere you go. You're masked up in Vegas, which was mm-hmm. different than when I was there in June for the world of concrete show where it was all, you know, it was like old Vegas. Nobody give a damn, uh, but they're pretty strict. Now all the, resor- all the casinos I was in and all the walking around the convention center uh, when you're indoors, you're masked up. So I assume that's what it's going to be for HR and, World of Concrete come uh, next next year too.
0: I see that Florida. Every time I look at the COVID numbers, Florida always reports like some even number of COVID cases per day, and then there's like zero deaths. It's interesting. So Florida is the
1: place to go if you don't want to die of COVID. Is that what you're saying? No, I, yeah. I think that's highly unlikely. If I, you want I to die think they're just anonymity. they're just adjusting numbers or reasons of death for something else. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it's political, but I don't want to get into too many politics on the podcast.
0: No, but I do see a lot of posts about oh, well, let's move to Florida. You know, I saw a meme that Florida what uh the governor DeSantis was uh Florida's best realtor. And I was thinking why because a lot of people are dying and these homes are and apartments are opening up for people to move into or is it People want to go there where there's no mask requirements and things like that. So good stuff, Tim.
1: Well, I think we're all tired of masks, but I, maybe I'm just very cautious when it comes to it. I'll wear my mask anywhere and everywhere. It doesn't bother me. I, I don't want to get anybody sick. I don't want to be liable for getting somebody sick, and I certainly don't want to get uh, my son, who's highly compromised, uh, sick. So you know, for me, it's just and it's just being a good neighbor and. You know, golden rule: treat others as you want to be treated.
0: All right, Tim. Till next time. Actually, we record on Friday, so we'll have uh, next week's episode with Tony Bertolino.
1: Well, and and then we've got the PHCC crew coming up here pretty soon as well. So, looking forward to that one.
0: That's right. I have just gotta nail them down for some some times, but they'll they'll be on. And like Tim said, we'll have a couple days off for the holidays, and then. Next thing you know, it'll be in 2022, Tim.
1: Yeah, and I would just add, if you do listen to our Friday podcast for Niagara Sports Hub, go to NiagaraSportsHub.com, register for our new November giveaway. Uh November is a mystery prize swag bag that's got some Cowboys gear as well as some mechanical hub and Niagara swag. So don't be don't be afraid. Listen to our podcast on Fridays as well and go to Niagara Sports Hub and and register for uh, the prize in November.
0: All right, Tim. Well, until have next a time, nice, JP. Yep, have a nice day, and uh, we'll see you soon. The Not Dead Yet podcast is powered by Mechanical of Media and produced by John Mason Brink and Tim Ward. It is edited by John Mason Brink. Music presented by Jason Drum and graphics furnished by Wayne Rowe. Thanks for listening and until next week.